Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Happy Monday. Welcome to the uh, Joe Carey Show. It turns out that uh, all those politicians in Portland, Seattle, New York, Chicago, this is going to come as a shock to you. Uh, I hope you're sitting down. This is going to come as a shock. Apparently, they have all been lying to us about uh, the nature of these protests that have been taking place. Because for the last 74 days, they've been saying repeatedly to the media, to the public. These are peaceful protests. And there's no violence. Well, now all these mayors have come out, with the exception of Bill de Blasio in New York City. They have come out and said the rioting has to stop, the looting has to stop, the fires have to stop. And I would add one more thing. The lying has to stop. You can't come and tell the American people this is the summer of love, that there is no problems, that things are going great, uh, these are just people blowing off some steam in a very peaceful way. And what's really tragic is the tipping point seems to have come. What's caused these Democrat progressive mayors to now come out and say we've got to stop the rioting, the looting, and the violence? It's not that the rioting, the looting, and the violence has gone up. It's that these politicians now are reading the tea leaves and saying, hey, before these riots, they were benefiting me with this progressive community. Now the political damage is being inflicted on these individuals, on these mayors. So now they're calling it out because they see that the tide has turned and they have more to lose politically than to gain politically. The rioting and the loot, that's been taking place for the last 70 days. That hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is the target. And now these protesters, the rioters, the looters, and, and they're different types. Right? They're different individuals engaged, maybe in all three, maybe just in one aspect of that. But now they're showing up at the mayor's home. They're showing up at the chief of police. And these politicians, well, why are you doing this to me? I mean, I gave you the green light. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't trying to stop you. Because what they don't understand is socialists and fascists, they always eat their own, right? Because you can never give enough. You can never concede enough. Because at the end of the day, it's not about opportunity. It's not about equality. It's about control. And until they're the individuals calling the shots and making the decisions, there will never be enough appeasement. And these progressives, they bought into it. I mean, it is bad. In Chicago, 100 arrests made over the weekend. Over a dozen police officers hurt. Finally, Mayor Lightfoot, she comes out and says, we are coming at you. No, we're coming for you. That's what she's telling the rioters and the looters. We're coming for you. We are not going to let our city be taken over by criminals and vigilantes. I got news for you, Mayor. It's too late. When hundreds of people rampage through the magnificent mile, looting stores, breaking windows, burning down buildings, I've got news for you. You have let your city be taken over. And I've got to tell you, it it doesn't look spontaneous. It doesn't look like people are just, there's an event that triggers this, this mob. It looks pre-planned. It looks thought out. And the political leadership of these cities are failing their citizens once again. In New York City, in New York City right now in 2020, it's on track to surpass the total number of shootings in 2018 and 2019 combined. Think about that. 821 shootings so far this year in New York City. 
compared to 466, right? 821, 821 shootings in 2020, 466 shootings in 2019, 449 shootings in 2018. Even Democrats, there was a Democrat on Fox News, he called Bill de Blasio the worst mayor ever, not just in New York City, ever anywhere in the United States. This is a Democrat city council member who's looking around and saying, this mayor is destroying the city. And it's sad because unlike an academic course in college where you're just debating these issues, Bill de Blasio's decisions have real-life consequences for the people in that city. And it's all avoidable. But Bill Barr said it best. He was giving an interview and I just he, with Mark Levin on uh, Fox. And I've got to tell you what Bill Barr said was amazing. This is what he said. I've been appalled on this violence because it's happening right out in the streets. Anyone with eyes can see what's happening. They see the violence. They see these groups of agitators and their black outfits, their helmets and their shields, which incidentally have the hammer and sickle on most of them. They are rushing the police, causing violence, throwing rocks, people showing up with rocks and frozen bottles. That's happening. That's happening in front of people. But you don't see it on any of the national news. You don't see it on the networks. You don't see it on the cable stations. And yet you hear about these peaceful demonstrations, so it's a lie. The American people are being told a lie by the media. That's Bill Barr. That's the Attorney General for the United States. And you think about it. You think about it. When's the, this article, it was on Breitbart.com, first time I heard that the agitators, the rioters are showing up with frozen bottles. Did you know that? I knew they were showing up with rocks. And what Bill Barr is saying is that the national media is lying to the people. That's why you've got to do your homework. You've got to do your research because he's right. The media report, oh, this peaceful protest. And that's why what? In Portland, they declared, you know, Sunday night a riot. And, and the narrative is speaking louder than the media's control on it. And I tell you, the incentive for the media is they know that Donald Trump is going to win votes if these riots are portrayed as they really are. Look at the polling over the last 150 days. Joe Biden started with a double-digit lead in the polls. Regardless of whether you believe the polls or not, he started with a double-digit. In those same polls over the last 150 days, his lead is now nationally three points. That's it. From double digit to three points. This is when Donald Trump is under nonstop attack about the pandemic, about the riots. I mean, Biden should have put Trump away 150 days ago. If things are as bad as Biden pretends them to be and proclaims them to be, Trump should be out of the running. But Trump is not only in the running, he's closed the gap. Biden should be pulling away. Instead, Biden's lead is shrinking by the day. And we know, we know that conservatives, people who identify as conservatives, are less likely to be candid with pollsters, especially over the phone. And most of these polls are now done over the phone because of COVID. So Trump is down by three points nationally. And the Dems are panicked because as the truth of these riots come out, because people are sympathetic and they should be. You know, what happened in Minneapolis was inexcusable. And people want to do the right thing. But that doesn't include rioting. It doesn't include burning down buildings and breaking storefronts. And Joe Biden won't condemn it. Nancy Pelosi won't condemn it. So as this lead continues to shrink, 
as this lead continues to shrink, we are going to see the Dems double down on the narrative of, no, no, these are peaceful, or the new narrative, well, none of this would be happening if it weren't for Trump. I mean, if Trump weren't there, if Biden were in office, all this would go away. You watch. That's going to be the pivot. That's going to be the new narrative that the progressive left pushes, which is, well, if only Biden were there. We wouldn't have this. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. When we come back, Trump signs four executive orders. If Obama did that, would you be okay with it? We'll have that story in your calls next, right after this break. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I've had a lot of really great days back to back, which has been a huge blessing. Even my doctor told me, uh, because they asked me to bring everything in that I take on a daily basis. He was very encouraged by seeing what I was taking. And he he said he didn't care how many I had. He said it's food. And the form that it's in was something that he was very, because uh, he's an avid learner and he's always researching and uh, he's, he's always excited to see new things. And he told me this would be good. This will help you immensely with the nutrition that you need. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty HealthShare today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. You know, this past uh, weekend, uh, the Democrats and Donald Trump, they have been negotiating. And, you know, they do it Washington, D.C. style, which is nothing gets done until the day before it's due. And they tried to do the same thing with a uh, another package to address the virus and its, and its impacts, which is real on business, on individuals, on families. So Trump shows up and his big push is, look, we need to do a payroll tax cut that's going to benefit employers and it's going to benefit employees, right? Because if you're receiving a paycheck, the government takes money from every paycheck. And what Trump is saying is during this time of crisis, let's put more money back into Americans' pockets, both the employer and the employee. 
That was his big push. And the Democrats, their big push was, well, look, we've been paying the unemployed $600 a week on top of their uh, unemployment check, a $600 a week uh, addition during COVID. And that expired at the end of July. And the Democrats said, we need to extend that through at least the end of the year. And there's some other issues in there that they were going back and forth on the evictions. Everybody agreed. You know, if, you're, if your mortgage uh, is tied to Fannie or Freddie, no eviction. So they're going back and forth. And it looked like there was a deal. And all of a sudden, the Democrats showed up and said, well, you know what? We want another $400 million, I think, for the Postal Service or for state governments, just out of the blue. And Trump's like, look, you're not negotiating in good faith. You're not trying to come closer. Now you're just throwing stuff into the mix because we are getting close. It's almost like the Democrats didn't want a deal. It's almost like the Democrats wanted to tank the economy. So Trump says, we're not going to have a deal. Trump says, look, I'm not going to be... Uh, backed into a corner on this. I've negotiated in good faith. And Trump even said, I'm willing to do the $600 a week coronavirus uh, uh, incentive. Like help, the package, $600 more a week. Nope, we're not going to do it. So then Trump issues four executive orders over the weekend. Right, And the first executive order is, hey, we're going to continue not $600 a week, but $400 a week. And an extra $100 will have to be kicked in from the state. So if the state wants to do it, I think they'll pay three. The feds will pay 300 The states kick in $100 a week. Uh, the second executive action was on the payroll suspension. He's suspending the payroll tax unilaterally. And then one on evictions. And I've got to tell you, if Barack Obama did this, I think the conservative side of the aisle would be livid, right? Because the role of the executive is to enforce the law. It's not to make law. And what Trump is saying is, look, the legislative branch, their sole role is to allocate money, which isn't true, right? I mean, their role is to make law. Now, they passed a law that said $600 a week until the end of July, and that money stopped. Where does Trump go for the executive authority to say, no, it's going to continue? Where does the executive authority come for Trump to suspend the payroll? And do you have an issue with that? If Barack Obama did this, would you look at that and say, this is wrong. The president should not be making laws. Or is it because it's Donald Trump? You say, well, you know what? We're in a state of emergency. We're in the middle of this crisis that, you know, a third of the GDP disappeared. What do you say? Because I look at this and say, this is not the role of the chief executive. Now, I'll also say this. Every governor in this country has been running their states very similarly, right? It's not their role to make law, but it's an emergency. So the governors take emergency power and say, you have to wear a mask. You can't go to church. You can't gather. You can't go to that funeral. There are no laws saying this. This is the governor making law. And I think Republicans are saying it's an emergency. Governors get to do it. The president gets to do it. 801-331-8113. How do you see that? I don't see it that way. Just because the governors are doing it, it doesn't make it right or constitutional. 801-331-8113. Let's go to Rob in Salt Lake. Rob, go ahead, sir. You're on the air. Well, I'm looking at the national debt as of today, and it's well over $26 trillion, closing in on $27 trillion. That's about $80,000 for every American in the United States. And I'm just wondering, when is everyone going to say, we can't do this anymore? Because you're talking about GDP, and, I mean, the interest needs to be paid on whenever it's an annual basis. You can't do it. It's just not feasible. 
So, so what's the answer, Joe? I mean, when are the American people going to wake up? Everyone should be registered to vote and knock these people out of position of managing our tax dollars. Because let's face it, this is where it all boils down to managing our tax dollars. Get rid of this Federal Reserve, because we can't print any more money. At a certain point, you got to say, what are we going to do to our kids and our grandkids? We're at the point where you're going to need a wheelbarrow of money to get a loaf of bread. It's coming. I mean, look, Rob, I, 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 was, I forget the news source, but I, I read that, you know, the dollar has lost about 10% of its value since January. Now, well, if that's true, if you had $1,000 in the bank... It's worth about $900 now. Sure, you're losing your buying power. That's gold yeah. and silver is going through the roof right now for, I think, three reasons, and that's one of them. And, you know, we uh, we got to get a handle on these politicians. And I'm talking on both, both sides. Government's made of one party, if not two. And yeah. the, the I, spending I, has to stop. Rob, there is a lot of truth in what you're saying. Thank you for calling in. And look, I think Rob is 100% right. We don't have this money, right? We don't have a giant savings account saying, hey, you know, we're going to continue to pay $400 a week in unemployment. We're going to cut the pay. Remember, payroll tax goes to funding, right, Social Security. Well, it's not like Social Security is doing well right now. So when we suspend that, we're suspending payments into a system that needs the money. Now, maybe this is what the world already realizes, right? That the United States isn't going to pay back this debt. Maybe the world realizes that, that there's no way we can pay back the trillions of dollars we have borrowed. And, you know, a low interest rate, when you have a lot of debt, you want the low interest rate, right? So the government is now incentivized to keep interest rates low because who's the biggest debtor on the planet? It's us. It's the United States. So keep interest rates low. Well, that's great for government, but it, it's bad for people who save. It's bad for people who plan ahead. But this is what happens when politicians, and I think what Rob said, there's a lot of truth to it. It's not Democrat versus Republican. It's almost the, them against us, right? And we've seen it with these governors who pass these law not laws, they, they declare these COVID-related regulations, and then the first people to break them are the politicians who are announcing them and responsible for enforcing them. Do you really think our government's going to pay back the trillions of dollars it owes? When we come back, let's talk about these four executive orders that Trump signed. Is that a good thing? Is that the role of the president? If it were Obama, would we, would we be looking at this differently? 801-331-8113. We'll be back with your calls right after this break. Radio News with Chris Barnes. Shootings and other violence, as well as widespread looting in Chicago over the weekend. Chicago police say at least 30 shootings occurred from Friday through last night, and 13 police officers were injured. Chicago Police Commissioner David Brown says This was not an organized protest. Rather, this was an incident of pure criminality against our police officers and against our city. Much of the looting took place along the famous Magnificent Mile. One person is dead following a natural gas explosion in Baltimore this morning. The city's fire department says the victim was an adult woman. Two other people are in serious condition. The initial report from a Baltimore fire union official said at least five people were trapped in the rubble, and that included some kids. 
This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I have a very busy podiatric practice, and usually I would find at lunchtime, I kind of got a slump in terms of energy. But since I've been taking the balance of nature, I don't get that slump anymore. I've got a lot of energy throughout the whole day. With the balance of nature, I don't get cold. I don't get sick. And most importantly, I tell my patients, what you need to do is get your immune system up. And by terms of taking your fruits and vegetables, eating correctly, that's the best way to get that immune system. Them up. So all in all, you guys just keep doing what you're doing. It's a wonderful product, and I really feel that people would benefit from taking this product. Very happy with it. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. President Trump signing orders over the weekend that would extend some coronavirus relief benefits, but Treasury Chief Steve Mnuchin says the administration remains open to more stimulus negotiations with Democratic leaders if they're willing to try to make progress. There's a deal to do if the the Democrats are reasonable and want to compromise, and if their attitude is, we'd rather give you nothing than agree on things, then we're not going to get a deal. Mnuchin spoke on CNBC. There are now more than 5 million confirmed coronavirus cases in the U.S. since the pandemic began and over 163,000 deaths. Tens of thousands of motorcyclists are in Sturgis, South Dakota for the massive annual motorcycle rally. Crowds were expected to be lighter this year because of the pandemic, but it looks like maybe not. And there's little evidence of social distancing, according to witnesses. The Republican Governor Christy Noem welcomed the bikers, saying she's excited for visitors to see what the state has to offer. This is USA Radio News. Yeah, so uh, Donald Trump signs four executive orders uh, regarding the suspension of the $600 a week unemployment, regarding payroll taxes, evictions, and the Democrats all come out and say, oh, this is a sham. He doesn't have the power. And even some Republicans like Ben Sass have come out and said, I think he called it constitutional slop. Like the president can't do this. The president doesn't have the right to do this. He can't make these laws. And I'll tell you what, if it were Obama, I think there'd be a lot more voices on the right saying, can't do this. But because it's Trump, we bite our tongue. Well, isn't that what got us into this problem? When Democrats say, well, it's our guy and we like these policies, so we're not going to say anything, even though we know it's wrong, even though we know it's unconstitutional. And now we have Republicans saying the same thing. Well, yeah, it doesn't sit well with me, but, you know, it's we are in a crisis. And no, the Constitution, does it say anything in there about if there's a crisis, the president gets to assume crisis powers or does it have language in there along the lines of hey if it's not mentioned here if it's not enumerated you don't get to do it Eight zero one three three one eighty one thirteen. I mean where are the conservative voices on this saying you know even Mitt Romney you know he'll find an excuse to criticize the pre- oh the president ordered two scoops of ice cream for dessert i'm going to tweet about that now you have the president doing something clearly suspect constitutionally i can't even find a tweet or a blog post from mitt or pierre criticizing the president let's go to ray who's on hold go ahead sir you're on the air thank you joe good show as always um, thank you for taking my call. Um, I, you know, I don't think people realize. So, two points. I don't. I don't think people realize that um, we're not backed by gold anymore. Actually, we're backed by debt, and so we're in. We're in a real mess. You know, and, and personally. I don't trust the Federal Reserve. You know, but considering the mess that we're in. I think they're doing a pretty good job, which, which surprises the heck out of me, because I don't trust them at all. You know, but, but we don't really have time to get into that. That You know, the, the other um, point, you know, is that 
um, you know, if we have a righteous leader, th- then we're okay, you know. But if we have an evil leader, we're in trouble. You know, the people suffer. You know, and, and so, I mean, we're, we're we're not living separation of powers anymore. We're pretty much, you know, they've changed the government. You know, it's we we're. You know, um, we're kind of in a dictatorship, you know, and, and and we don't want socialists, you know, or communists running this country. We're in a real, real mess. So, so the point I want to make, you know, as far as the rioting and the COVID and everything, it's really hard to bring these together. But let me just say this, and that that is um, the president of the United States or, or even Nancy Pelosi, they're not God. They're not going to save us. You know, pe- people are turning to the wrong place for for salvation. You know, for for to be saved. I, I mean, whoa! Um, you know, COVID nineteen we're in uncharted territory. You know, they're playing God. You know, political leaders. You know, people don't get the war between good and evil, and and they're really confused. So, you know, this COVID nineteen. The quarantine used to happen after people were infected, not before. I mean, you, you can't do things before the fact. They're trying to play God, and I don't know what people are expecting. I, I wish people would get real. Well, Ray, you, you bring up a good point, and let me just say this in, in response to that. I think Ray's on to something when he talks about the debt. I mean— we haven't seen it, but there's a part of me that believes one day Donald Trump is going to wake up and say, you know what? United States, we spent $3 trillion. Well, let's be realistic. We spent $10 trillion addressing this virus through the various CARES packages, the PPP loans, all the equipment we've had to buy. And since China started this, we're going to take the $10 trillion we've had to spend and subtract it from what we owe the Chinese. Now, if you want to see economic Armageddon, do something like that, right? Because if the United States does it, countries will line up to make the same legal argument. That's why it's so important. That's why the Chinese, why do you think the Chinese fight it so hard? Every time someone calls it the Wuhan flu or this started in China, why do you think the Chinese push so hard back against that? Because they know what's coming. Someone is going to show up and present them with a tab. Right? If there's a war and your country spends all this money and blood and sweat and tears. The winners present the loser with a bill, right? This is what you owe us. Well, don't you think that same logic would apply to this virus? And the Chinese are petrified. Right? The Chinese are petrified because they run a surplus with a lot of countries, not just us. They, they, represent, they, they have a trade surplus with a lot of countries, more than the United States, and they're afraid that countries are going to start saying, you know what? We had to spend a lot of money fighting this. And the Chinese, they could have prevented this had they just told us how bad it was. Had they not destroyed the, the, the data sets. So all that positioning is taking place behind closed doors. Yep, but I've got to believe those discussions are taking place. But Ray's right. We don't have the money. We don't have the money to keep printing and giving it out. Right? The more money you print devalues the money that's already in someone's pocket. So if you've heard the expression, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul... For all you kids in public schools, that's a biblical reference. Peter and Paul were, well, they were also part of a rock band, but it's not that when we say robbing Peter to pay, well, maybe it is the rock band. I don't, Paul, Brian, I don't, now I don't know. Well, I heard robbing Peter to pay Paul was from the Bible. Now I'm like, well, maybe it is the rock band. Oh, robbing Ringo. Yeah, that could be it too. But there's just not enough money. 
right? And the federal government has one advantage over every other government in the world. The world runs on the American dollar, right? So when Ray said, well, our currency is not backed by gold anymore, it's not. It's backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, of the Federal Reserve. And what is the currency of that realm? It's the U.S. dollar. But I tell you, if you read between the tea leaves, the Chinese, the Russians, the Iranians, they're all looking for a way out, right? How do we get out of this dollar-dominated society? How do we start protecting ourselves and our economies, right? Look at what Trump did again. Gave TikTok, or really its parent company, what's that called? ByteDance. 45 days. Hey, you've got to sell TikTok. Otherwise, all American companies are forbidden from doing business with you. What's ByteDance going to do? Right? The world trades in dollars. So it's either going to sue to stop it, and Trump's just going to say national security, and then the courts really don't even do a an intense overview. Once you declare national emergency or national security... Even the court's investigation is abbreviated. And he added the same thing to WeChat. Again, are these things that we want any president doing? Do you really want the president to have the power to go in and say, hey, this company lives, this company dies? We saw what happened when Obama had that power. There are a lot of conservative companies that were targeted and hurt for no other reason that their owners were conservative. That's a power that's going to be abused. 801-331-8113, The Joe Carey Show. When we come back, I want to talk about a newly declassified report uh, that uh, Lindsey Graham talked about. It, It talks about the Steele dossier. It talks about how the FBI, the CIA, and the political leadership knew well before Trump's election, that there was no there, there. But they pushed it to score political points. We'll have that story next, right after this break. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Have you been putting off opening your retirement account statements because you're afraid of what you might see? If you were caught in the recent correction, you know that watching your savings evaporate in the market is devastating. We're the Retirement Income Store, and our message is clear. It's time to stop crossing your fingers and toes, hoping for growth. There is another more conservative way to plan for income without all the risk, using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our Retirement Income Kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book, 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now and you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. 
with a recession ending. If you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. You know, the uh, the Steele dossier, Russiagate, the CIA, the FBI abuses, those are being investigated, we now know, by two special prosecutors, right? We know one is looking at Russiagate itself. How did it happen? And then Attorney General Barr, during a House hearing, uh, testified that there's a second special prosecutor looking specifically at the issue of unmasking, right? Why did the Obama administration unmask so many individuals so late in the game, right? Like they're getting ready to vacate the White House and they're still unmasking people, right? Who's the real identity to these people? An odd thing, especially given that many of the requests were made by people outside of the intelligence community. Now, last week, Donald Trump said, hey, you know, he's been briefed on it and it's a lot worse than what anybody suspects. That's what he said. And we know that the Department of Justice rules say, look, you can't start revealing uh, investigations and indicting people more than 60 days uh, unless you have more than 60 days before the next election, right? So they don't want 45 days from the election. The FBI, boom, announces, you know, the guy running for Congress has been indicted. They want to avoid that, and I think that's fair, Right, because an indictment is just a charge, right? You haven't been proven guilty of anything. And they did this to Ted Stevens in Alaska, right? They indicted him. He loses the election. And then he's exonerated. So people are saying, look, if these two special prosecutors are going to come to a conclusion, they've got to do it soon because the election is, what, 80-some-odd days away? So if they're going to issue these reports, they've got to be issued soon. And the fear, of course, is if Biden wins, these things are buried forever. Nothing happens. Nobody's held accountable. We know this. We know in 2018, the FBI briefed Congress or briefed the Intelligence Committee, right? So the FBI goes in in 2018 and they, behind closed doors, they brief the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee on the Steele dossier. And during that brief, we now know that during that 2018 briefing, they told, they testified, the FBI did that the Steele dossier was credible, that the information had been vetted, and it was, that it met the threshold to be relied upon by the FBI to launch an investigation. Now, we know that narrative is no longer true, right? Because we know they went into the FISA court, and we know that the judges, you know, demanded an explanation. Can I tell you what would have happened if that was a private attorney who made those misrepresentations to a federal judge? It would be more than just give us a letter explaining what happened. But again, there's a two-tier level of justice. So now we know that the FBI briefed the Intelligence Committee on the Steele dossier saying, yes, it's valid, yes, it's been vetted, yes, we can rely upon it to launch Operation Crossfire, the Russiagate. Well, now we know 
that the subsource, right? So the subsource is the individual who received that information, right? They receive this information and they tell Steele, this is what I know. Well, the subsource came out and testified to two things. One, he said that these conversations did happen. So, yes, everything that I told Steele, I was told. So he verified that, yes, I'm the guy. Yes, I was told this information. I passed it on to Steele. That's the verified part. And that's what the FBI hammered in on. Oh, the subsource told Steele and the subsource had these conversations. And the subsource is saying, yeah, all that's true. But he said, I also told the FBI that this was a joke, that it was unreliable, that it was a bunch of guys having a conversation over beers. What half of that conversation was omitted by the FBI when they briefed the Senate Intelligence Committee? What part of that conversation was omitted when the FBI applied for a FISA application to spy on the Trump campaign? Yeah, the part where the same subsource said, yeah, I had these conversations, but it was unreliable. Yeah, I had these conversations, but it was a bunch of guys having a conversation over beers. Is that right? Aren't you offended by that? Don't you hear that and say, this isn't right? That the FBI shouldn't be setting up people? Right, because isn't that a setup? You're given two pieces of information and you only present the part that helps you? That's justice in the United States today? That's due process? That's the American way? Just because the FBI believes it can get away with it doesn't make it right. And I'll add the caveat, right? If it's not everybody, but this clearly was a politicized case. And in my opinion, the people that were assigned to it were handpicked. Either because of their ignorance, they didn't know what was going on, or because they did know what was going on. So then the Senate in 2018, right, this was all 2017, the FBI knew this. They knew both halves of that equation. In 2018, they go in and they testify before Congress. Who briefed the Senate Intelligence Committee? Because, again, a briefer, the, the person selected to go in and testify, they may not know all the facts. They're given the facts, right? There's a team there saying, hey, you might be asked about this. Just make sure you know these areas. Oh, in this area over here, so-and-so is going to brief you. So the person that was selected to testify before the Senate, they may have been ignorant. They may have just been told, hey, yeah, the Steele dossier locked up tight. Subsource says these conversations took place. So we don't know whether it was the briefer who misled the Senate or the individual at the FBI who briefed the briefer. And then... After the testimony is given, the FBI does a breakdown. Okay, this is what you testified to. Are there any mistakes? Are there any corrections that need to be made? Right, because you're testifying before Congress. And if you make a mistake, they catch it and they send in the, you know, the correction. Oh, you know what? He testified to this, but upon further review, this is really what happened. So they had two chances. The FBI had two chances to nip this in the bud. And it never happened. So Lindsey Graham is upset saying someone needs to go to jail because you misled Congress. You lied to Congress. And I'll tell you, Lindsey Graham has a very, very poor track record. Now he's great at, you know, throwing out the bombs on Fox News or, you know, FN, uh, Fox Business. But what will happen to this? Because it has to be unacceptable. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, it has to be unacceptable. Just like, and I know I've talked about this before, but you know, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals just upheld Judge Navarro's dismissal of the case against the Bundys. And they said, yeah, the federal government had an ethical and legal obligation to turn over. And you know how liberal the Ninth Circuit is. It must have killed them. 
It must have just killed. There might be six vacancies on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals because as those judges had to sign the order exonerating the Bundys, six of them may just have passed away, spontaneously turned to dust like Thanos snapping his fingers. So the liberal Ninth Circuit even says, look, we've got to agree with Judge Navarro. The government had an ethical and legal obligation to turn over information, and it never did. And it never was going to turn it over until what happened? There was a guy with a heart. There was a guy with a conscience. There was a guy who said, you know, the Constitution doesn't permit this. And that guy happened to work for the government, happened to know the truth, and he happened to blow the whistle. Now, Brian, I haven't heard anything about him. I don't know what happened to him. And if it wasn't for that one man standing up and saying, this isn't right, the Bundys might be in jail right now. And I don't care if you're for them or against them. You've got to look at that and say it's not right. Government has a duty to disclose. You've got to do it, whether it's, whether it's at national security, like with Russiagate, the president, or whether it's with a rancher in Nevada. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. Thank you uh, for tuning in. Remember, get right with God. We are coming into some very up-and-down times. Be kind to people. Stay tuned. Brian Hyde up next.